Welcome to the Go and Tell Gals podcast with Jess Connolly and Kanisha Bikes. Today, we're talking to one of our friends, a woman who runs on mission. We are praying this conversation leaves you fired up and ready to go right where you're at. We're super thankful for you. Let's go. Hey, okay, Cassandra, this is the first reboot of Go and Tell Gals podcast that I get to be in person with someone. What? Yes. I mean, we've only recorded a few episodes in our, like, new series. I mean, our, like, you know, we took a year off. But this is our first one in person since we restarted, and it's dreamy. The bummer is you and I are, like, eight feet apart, so I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but we had to be for sound reasons, so I, I want to in touch, but... Hi. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Such a privilege. Listen, okay, this is the dream. You're here in Charleston. We're actually kicking off our first ever like in-person retreat for women who are le- already in leadership. And so you and I are about to spend all weekend together. I can't wait with a bunch of other women. But will you just tell everybody about you, what mission looks like in your life, what you're up to right now? Well, uh, as just said, I'm Cass Spear, Brooke Sanders Spear. Uh, I am partner and director of Her True Worth. I'm a mother on mission. I do a lot of pandemic parenting and a lot of working in co-working spaces. I'm a creative. I opened my first shop this last January. So, I mean, so fun. <laughs> opened a shop during the pandemic. So it's good. And God is good. And he's been using it in such a great way in so many different people's lives. And I get to tell people about Jesus for a living. And that is really what mission looks like for me. It's messy and it's and it's beautiful all at once. So cool. Okay. I just found this out about you. It's my new favorite fact that I would love to talk about that you used to be a hairstylist. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I've ever talked about this on the podcast, but before I decided to go into ministry, doing hair was like, that was it for me. That was what I was going to do for sure. Almost went to Aveda hair school, like, like genuinely applied everything. And then about six months later, I ended up getting pregnant with my first baby. And I was like, well, I'll wait. So I never went back, but please talk about that. Talk about the transition from beauty to ministry. I started doing hair uh, my junior year of high school. I had moved from a city in Wisconsin to Texas. First time I ever moved. And they didn't know what to do with me because my credits were strange. And so they offered me some extracurriculars in true teenage fashion. I was like, you know what? I can play with hair. That sounds good. So so that's what I did. And I graduated from cosmetology school the summer I graduated from high school and did hair for over a decade. It was a really good way for me to supply for my needs and move out of a toxic environment that was at the time not the best. So it gave me the ability to bring out the beauty of others, but it also connected me with finding Jesus, which is kind of great. I went to hair school with somebody who invited me to church. So wow, did hair for over a decade, was really good at it enjoyed it, but sometimes just because you're good at something or it comes easily does not necessarily mean it's what you're supposed to do. So, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Do you find yourself like saying phrases over and over again? I say this phrase over and over again. If anybody's listened to the Go and Talk Up Gals podcast more than twice, they've probably heard me say it. But I, when I talk about women running on mission, I say, you know, using what you've got for the good of others, the glory of God. That's what we say at Go and Tell Gals. And then I typically list a few other professions like out so people know we're not just talking about women who do 
formal ministry or vocational ministry. And I always say, stylists, baristas, college students, because for me, I'm like, that's it. That's that is ministry. You're someone's hair you are all up in their soul you are they're doing their deepest darkest secrets you're also helping them fight like probably like defeat and fear like so many crazy things happen as a stylist so it's interesting to me anna who's now the director of go and tell gals she used to work at anthropology and we actually share that comment we both used to work at anthropology and i remember when i first brought her on to go and tell girls i was like you're used to merchandising dresses and now we're going to merchandise the gospel there is a crossover here so what crossover do you see between ministry and hairstyling it's actually amazing that you asked me that because it's something i think about regularly my favorite part of doing hair has always been when i was an apprentice at an upscale salon in texas we were trained to do the person's hair, whether it's color, color, whatever it is, with their back to the mirror. Wow. And so when you were finished, you would turn them around, mm-hmm. spin that chair, and the just glow on their faces when they saw what you see in the mirror, it's the same with the gospel to me. Wow. That they don't, they're blind, they don't see this, the work that's happening, and so. then they turn around and they see the goodness in themselves. And that has always been my favorite part is seeing them receive the truth of the beauty within them that's outwardly seen. And that's the gospel to me is knowing the goodness of God despite what you can't see. And so that's how I see it kind of mirroring. And the second Corinthians 3, I just had to look it up because I was like, right. This is in the word. And we, with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with the ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. That unveiled faces is a reference to Moses and how he had to cover his face after he was with God on Mount Sinai. Because you, when you spend time with God, when you get in grace, you know, when you get in truth, it does make you, like, shine. It makes you have that glorious moment. Wow, that's really beautiful. I love that. Okay, so what has the last year of ministry looked like for you? Pandemic, coming out of the pandemic, like shaking it off. What does it feel like? I feel very pliable is the best way that I can explain that. Not that I was hardened going into the pandemic. I just feel like my vision had a bit more of like a filter. So after the pandemic, I feel like a lot of things, truths were being brought to the surface. And for me, seeing as they were, I didn't have a choice but to speak into those things and deal with those things inwardly and outwardly. Just a tenderness, reliable feeling. Oh, that's so good. I started saying around here, like a week or two into the pandemic, we were talking about how fragile we all feel and what was more jarring than noticing how fragile we felt was realizing like we had actually always been that fragile you know and I think with fragility like noticing how fragile you are noticing how how pliable you are you can either embrace it tender you can be like no I think this is gonna be really you know so interesting so good okay I'd love to just hear more about what your day-to-day work looks like. What is it? Like, what do you, you wake up or you, you go to the co-working space. What do you sit down to do? Well, after I've gotten all my tiny humans ready for the day, um, I drive downtown to downtown OKC, which is about 25 minutes. And I usually jam worship music. 
Maverick City music is my favorite. What's your favorite Maverick City song right now? Promises. Okay. Just hands out. Okay. Here's my favorite thing about Maverick City music. I'm a big Maverick City music band. We went to Lake as a friend of ours who lives here in Charleston. (laughs) Okay. I was asking you, what is your, you said Promises is your favorite Maverick City song. Oh, this is what's my small random aside about Maverick City is that I went on a run the other day. Went on a three mile run, so like a little over 30 minutes for me. And my favorite thing is that I only listen to three Maverick City songs. Like, that's when you know because they're, they're so long. <laughs> this is the best. I only have to listen to three songs. That's the dream. But my favorite one right now is how does it go? I should not sing on the podcast. That would be horrible. Everything is yours. It's the like spontaneous. They say, like, everything is yours. Everything is yours. I'm, I'm really into that one. Okay, so you're listening to Maverick City on the way to work. Then what happens when you get So I usually spot my normal spot because I'm a creature of habit. Mm-hmm. And I'll check emails. Uh, I'll evaluate depending on what day of the week it is. Right now I'm only getting about two days a week to work. So depending on the day of the week, I will either batch things for her true worth, yeah. our text community, working on different projects, Talking with Brittany, yeah. my partner and the founder and visionary, her true worth, Brittany Mayer. And it just kind of depends on what day of the week. It's a Monday. That's generally what my tasks are, is working yeah. on her true worth stories, which is a creature in and of itself. We really like to curate our stories to serve our community in a way that is very tangible and accessible. Yeah. So we enjoy doing DMs and responding. And we like to share a lot of different people's things, artists, creatives, It kind of feels like Christmas every time we get to do that. Your stories are a work of art. They're really, really, really good. I can't read over it. Like, I know if I want some, like, good information, I'd be uplifted, or if I want, like, a current take on, like, how, like, what are the, like, I always go to her true words, her true words stories, and I'm super blessed by that. So Mm -hmm. good. Well, and then on a, afternoon so that's my morning mm-hmm. I try to get much of that done and then I'll work on things for the shop okay. for hard and holy shop which is yes. separate yeah it's my thing uh-huh. and so we do a lot of customer contact sure things like that and other projects that I can't mention at the okay. moment but take okay. the bulk of my time I love it okay let's talk about hard and holy because I want to hear like when how this phrase came to be like solidified for you what does it mean I'm on board I retweet hard and holy but tell me all about it I would say that hard and holy work for me began as just something I would say to myself Mm -hmm. privately and as far as like a more eloquent response that is the fact of the matter is that we live in the tension of the hard and holy on a daily basis and not just the hard work inwardly that God does within us, whether it be refinement, sanctification, uh, ugly things that come out and have to be uprooted. It's yeah. hard work, but it's holy work. Motherhood is hard and holy work. Pandemic parenting is hard and holy work. Yeah, Marriage is hard and holy work. I have college students who send themselves in their classes with their sweaters. I've got stay-at-home moms that will tell me about their wash day with their daughter and how they just really resonate with the fact that it's hard and holy work. I think it really depends on who you ask. It started as one thing to me, Mm -hmm. and it was very personal to me. And then when I shared it with the world, it took on its 
own life. Yeah. And it became very individual to the person, yeah. which is amazing and crazy all at once because that wasn't necessarily the intent. Yeah, that's but so good. I love that. It's so good. I love it when that happens. And, you know, it resonates so much with us because I feel like one of the most powerful things we can do at Go and Tell Gals, I feel like one of the most powerful things, anyone who like carries any kind of influence in the world, which P.S. is all of us, one of the most important things we can do is normalize that like obeying God is hard. And I don't think we can be too simplistic about that. And I don't think we can overthink that too much, but that it takes a pressing in. There, there would not be so much in God's word about perseverance and patience and pressing in and trials and discipline and maturity that wasn't all for so many of us. So good. Okay, so that question we love to ask on the Go and Tell Girls podcast is what's hard about your calling right now? Oh. You know, I read over that on my plane ride here this morning, mm. and honestly, I, it feels so very sweet right now. Mm. I guess I would say the hardest thing is believing God at His Word. Yeah. As far as for me personally, which don't want to divulge too much of my innermost thoughts, yeah. but knowing that God is good and believing God is good for me and to yeah. me and, and looking back in remembrance. I think that's why promises is my favorite song is because yeah. it's, you know, you get to the mountaintop, you, you overcome an obstacle and every time you see a new obstacle, it's like the first one yeah. and you forget. Right. And that's hard. Every time you come against a new one and you're like, I know what you did and I know what you've done, Yeah. but can we do this? Can I do this with you and through you? Because it looks insurmountable. That's hard. Yeah, it's so hard. I was reading the other day. I don't know why I've never caught this part in my entire life in scripture, but I was reading about the two different times that God had to take the Israelites over a body of water. And, you know, obviously everybody talks about Moses parting the Red Sea, God using Moses to part the Red Sea, and how he waved his staff. I don't think I never caught how the, the next time is when Joshua has to take the Israelites into the land that God's promised them. Moses is dead, and they're like ready finally after 40 years to move into this land. And it says that Joshua instructed the priests, actually, God instructed Joshua to tell the people that the priests would actually have to put their feet in the water. And so this. Like even this understanding that like after you grow and after you experience something and after you see God move, the next time you get to an obstacle, like it may actually re require more faith. It may require more bravery, more courage, more trust, not less. Mm -hmm. Like we don't rest on God's past provision, which is crazy. Like we have to continually trust him again. It's a lot. <laughs> that's hard that's it's hard, hard and holy <laughs> it's hard and it is and holy. he is a, he is holy and he's working in those rough spots and those hard places and gosh he's so good i can't i'm just gonna gush over it jesus yeah. is just amazing he's a really good friend and a really good guy he doesn't leave you with the hardship either like yeah. he's a co-laborer i mean the sovereignty and the servitude of god is just I'm with you, sister. Okay, how can our Go and Tell Girls listeners be praying for you? How can they be praying for what you've got going on for the Heart and Holy Shop for all the things? If you could, first and foremost, just pray a hedge of protection over my home, mm -hmm. unity and protection over my family, my children. Yeah. It's been a crazy time. 
and our and and our numbers are going great here and school has just returned and it's about to end but so that and the transition to normalcy for our children that would be great and just you know pray for clarity and bravery amen we agree all right thank you so much for joining us thank you Friends, thank you so much for joining us today. We are grateful that you were able to listen in. If you love this episode, would you do us a favor and leave a review so other friends can find this episode? We pray it encouraged you and left you feeling equipped to run on mission right where you're at. We're super grateful for you and we will see you next week on Instagram.